Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the Podcon Go Network. Podcon Go. Family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Alderberry Tales. Grab a party hat and a long, thick stick. It's time for a story. Today's story is part three of My Mom Detective, The Birthday Present, by William Stair. This is part three of a three-episode story. You really need to listen to part one and part two first in order for this episode to make any sense at all. If you've already listened to part one and part two, then I'll get right to what's new. We got into bed that night, and Dad read us another chapter in the book we were working on, then kissed us goodnight, turned out the light, and closed the bedroom door. I rolled on my side, sleepily looking across the room. The nightlight was very dim, almost as if we were in a cave. I heard water dripping. Desmond was in the upper bunk. Had he wet the bed again? No, this dripping had an echo. Then I heard a swishing sound, like someone walking through water. I looked down at the floor of my room and found it had been replaced by a pool of deep water that stretched into the darkness. But slowly, out of the darkness, came someone slowly wading towards my bed, which had become a stone shelf. It was Kofi, and paddling along next to him was the jaguar, its eyes still a fiery green. Both scrambled onto the platform where I stood. Stepping as far away from the jaguar as possible, I said to Kofi, How can you be here? Where is here? He responded. I looked around. I had no idea where we were. Look above you, he said. I looked up. All was darkness, except for a dim shape. It was a cloud that, moving aside, allowed the full moon to shine down on us. It was suddenly bright, and I could see we were standing on a flat rock in the middle of a very large pool. All around were rock walls that rose to a rock ceiling. There was one hole in that ceiling through which the moonlight poured. This is a special night. There are only a few nights in the year when the moon shines directly down here, and only one when the moon is full. On this night, anything can happen. The jaguar made a deep rumbling sound, like it was agreeing. We're in an underground pool called a cenote. This one is directly under the big pyramid you climbed last night. There's a hole in the pyramid that runs all the way down here. The people who built it believed that the cenote was a connection to a place where people go after they die. He spread his arms and smiled, as if to say, and here I am. But he didn't really say it. 
What he did say was, too bad we left the chess set all the way up there. Do you live in this dark place now? I asked. What? No, this is nasty. I live in a place I can't show you. No one can. But it is a good place where I'm happy and strong. I'm one of the best chess players and a skateboard champion. There was a splashing sound from the water. Kofi turned and looked toward one of the darkest spots. Waves began splashing against the rock we stood on. Oh, that's Kukul Khan come to get us. It's time for me to go. I miss you, Armando, and I hope you miss me too, but only a little bit. Your special day is almost here. Think of me then. He waved, and then both he and the jaguar slipped into the water, disappearing in a swirl of darkness. I was left alone on the rock in the middle of the pool. Looking up at the moon, I wondered how I'd get home. As I looked, I realized I was looking at the moon through my bedroom window. I was home, and today was my birthday. The big day was here. Mom was busy preparing my cake. Dad was setting up tables, chairs, and games in the backyard. And Desmond was helping to make some lemonade, which he wanted to sell at the street instead of serve to my birthday guests. About 1 p.m., they started to arrive. And by 2, they were all here. Dad cooked hot dogs on the grill, and we all had our paper plates of dogs and chips. Then we went back into the house to the living room, where the presents were piled on a table. Hey, where's that big box from Grandpa? Asked Desmond. After all that longing to open it early, I'd almost forgotten it. I ran upstairs and brought it down. Everyone had gathered around for me to open the presents. Grandpa's note said that you should open his last, said Mom. I began tearing into each wrapped gift, being careful to thank the giver, while mom wrote down what it was and who gave it. Soon there was only the big blank box left. It was tightly taped, so dad took a knife and cut it open. At first there was nothing to see, only lots of packing paper shreds. But then, under that layer, something very colorful appeared. I got hold of it and lifted it out, scattering paper shreds everywhere. It's a piñata, Mom said excitedly. What's a piñata? I asked. To me, it looked like a big round pig made of colored tissue paper. You'll see, said Dad. He picked up the piñata and took it outside, with all of us following. It was a mystery, since none of us had ever seen a piñata before. Dad took a rope from the garage and tied it with one corner of the garage to one side of our swing set. Then, taking two pieces of string that came out of the pinata's back, he tied it to the middle of the rope. Now the pinata hung in the air almost as high as Dad. Dad had all of us gather around while he explained how it worked. You take turns whacking at the pinata with a stick until one of you breaks it open. However, to make it more fun, you're blindfolded while you whack, and you only get three tries. He held up a long stick and a blindfold, 
like the kind some people wear when they're trying to sleep. Then it's the next person's turn. When the pinata breaks, everyone shares whatever is inside. Okay? Everybody get it? Oh, and I'll spin you around before you hit. Everyone else can yell while you're hitting. The birthday boy goes first. Are we all ready? Everybody yelled, yeah. Mom and dad formed us into a long line, with me in front. Then dad slipped the blindfold over my eyes and spun me around. He moved me closer to the pinata and put the stick in my hand. Don't start hitting till I tell you, he said. Then, from further away, he said, go. Everybody started yelling at the same time. I swung the stick, but hit nothing. I heard Edison yell, move closer. I took a couple steps and swung again. Nothing. Richard yelled, hit left, hit left. I swung again, realizing I was swinging right. Nothing. Okay, quiet down. Stop hitting, Army. Dad took the stick and removed the blindfold. I could see that if I'd not mixed up left and right, I might have hit the pinata. Rats. Next up was Edison, and I moved to the back of the line. He hit the pinata, but it didn't break. Then Robert tried. He never touched it. So it went, until it was my turn again. I hit it twice, but it was too tough, and just swang back and forth, a stupid grin on its piggy face. On we went. But then, little Beverly, Edison's sister, whacked it three times in a row and it blew open. Beverly was the smallest kid at the party, but she's a toughie. All sorts of colorful things rained down from the broken pinata. The empty shell was ignored while we all scrambled for goodies. It was as if one of the kid vending machines at the grocery store had broken open, spreading its treasures all over the yard. Trooper wanted his share, but dad held him back while we kids scooped up everything we could find. I was right in the middle of it, but I did notice mom take the pinata down and look inside. She looked at me and smiled, but her eyes said, hmm, that is the magic word that activates her detective superpower. That night, after dinner, we were all in the living room. Dad was setting up the Kofi chess set, getting ready for a game with me. Desmond was on the floor, going through my birthday presents to decide which one he liked the best. And Mom and I sat on the couch. This has been a rough few days for you, hasn't it, Army? What do you mean, Mom? Well, there was the big birthday party coming on, the lack of good sleep, the strange dreams. Now, I'd not told Mom or anyone about my dreams. So how did she know? How do you know about my dreams? I asked. Two things. First, you looked very tired each morning and stayed in bed as long as possible. That's not like you. So something was taking up your rest time while you were asleep. And second, you talk in your sleep, and I heard you talking to Kofi and describing where you were and what was happening. It wasn't all clear to me, but enough to know it was bothering you. I thought about waking you up, but you didn't seem scared. 
I didn't know what to say. I just looked at Mom. There's one more thing. When I took down the broken piñata, I saw that Grandpa had painted things inside the shell. There was a jaguar, a big snake, a pyramid, an underground pool, and a chess piece. Grandpa must have painted a magic spell in that piñata, so that even though it was in its box, it still affected your dreams. But how did I know the names of those things? Balam, Kukulkan, Cenote, I asked. I know. It was Desmond. He'd stopped playing and had been listening to Mom and me. He had a book in his lap and was holding it up. It was the wonders of the world. He flipped through the pages, then held the book open for Mom and me. It was a chapter on the Maya, a people who lived in the part of Mexico where Grandpa lives now. All those names and a lot more are in here. We read about it all just a week ago. I don't remember that, I insisted. Oh, I remember now. Thank you, Desmond, said Mom. You were sitting right here with Desmond, and I was reading out loud. You fell asleep, but must have still heard me reading those words. Wow. I guess my mind is a real mystery to me, I said. And we are glad for that. Happy birthday, honey, said Mom. She gave me a big hug and kiss, and Desmond and Dad joined in. Family hug. The next day, Mom showed me the pictures Grandpa had painted in the piñata. She had cut the shell apart and flattened the pieces and pasted them on cardboard. Maybe I'll put them up on my bedroom wall and have more dreams. Dreams are a huge part of this story. Armando dreamed about the jaguar. He dreamed about the pyramid, the cenote under the pyramid. And best of all, in his dream, he was able to visit with his friend Kofi. He must miss Kofi very much. What kinds of dreams do you have? How do your dreams make you feel? In this story, Grandpa Bill uses a magic spell to give Armando a particular dream. It's pretty amazing that he was able to control Armando's dreams in this way. It's almost like the dreams were another birthday present. Do you think you would be able to control your dreams? If you feel like trying this challenge, here's something that you can do. Get out a piece of paper and either draw or paint pictures on that paper for the kind of dream that you want to have. You can draw all kinds of lovely and interesting things that you think it would be fun to have in a dream. After you're done with your drawing, take it 
and put it somewhere near where you sleep. It could be under your pillow or under your mattress or somewhere else in the room where you sleep at night. And see what happens. Maybe you will be able to have the dreams that you want to have. Thanks again to William Stair for this story and for all the other stories in the My Mom Detective series. And thanks to you for listening to Elderberry Tales. I'll see you next week.